This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As our host, Brandon Chibacos, Nick and Dan, and gentlemen, we are back with the Burnley match review. Burnley been good to us, gentlemen, and they delivered yet again the goods. Uh, big win, which we're going to be breaking down everything that we have. Um, big win, big weekend. It was it was great to see Nick. Yeah, it's nice that it was a relatively stress free. Uh, encounter uh, in the Premier League, something that we have not seen in in some time. Uh, most goals scored for over a year, I think, or just about a year. And starting to see some players really turn it up right now, which is needed because we will talk about the stretch of games <laughs> coming up. Uh, we're going to need everyone on their A game. Dan, uh, you skipped it in hopes that you would come back to some good news and the, the the news was almost as good as the views. It was. It was a nice little trek to an alpine lake, about 11 miles in total. And it was you know right around the time the sun was rising in the Pacific time zone here in uh, the middle of Washington State. And, yeah, you go up the mountain, and the team sheets had dropped. You come down the mountain, and Chelsea have won 4-1. It's phenomenal. i got to do it more often. It's really, really just de-stresses you completely. Do you want to say, like, Burtley's Burnley's pants were dropped as you came down. Pants wow. them. Absolutely pants them. Uh, sure. I'm going in all about it. Uh, but we'll kick it off with a three-word match review. We'll let the other people out there, the lovely listeners, give us their opinion of, hey, in case you missed it, this is what happened. What do we got, Dan? Well, Chelsea FC USA. It's at Chelsea FC in USA. The official account, the official US account of Chelsea hitting us with no Drake curse. Nice. Very good. Yeah. Tana with the let it flow, like let it go. Def Jux Daddy with the Cole World Palmer. He had five takes on the five stripes with some bad company. He had Brad with officially a streak. <laughs> We're going streaking through the Premier League. Clip show with the turf more sanctified. He had JKT with penetration and finishing. Penetrating into the final third, being very it's a, specific there. It's a, it's, a lo- it's a loaded one right there, my guy. <laughs> And then Mr. Furman with Misery Loves Company with a K. Yeah, that's a good one. There's a lot of that with uh, with the Discord as far as like what's possession without penetration. It's masturbation. So there's a lot of unpacking wow. in the Discord wow. on Saturday. It's a, it's a family show. This is a family show here. Come on. Discord is not. So NSFW, <laughs> you've been warned if you join. How about this? I said, sorry, JJ, not... Get it, JJ Watt? Uh, no, I got it. <laughs> oh, that is great. You're the dad. worst. Thanks, Real dad. Joke. Lame audience. Anyways, Dan, what about you? More, 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 because we were getting more and more and more goals at Turf Moor. So M O O R repeated. Uh, got Absolutely. it. Anyways, Nick, what is your shitty three word match review? <laughs> <laughs> uh, offense burns Burnley. Kind of using the uh, the burn right there. So. In your face, Brandon. Take some of that. You like that? You like that? Burn. You like that? Kirk Cousins uh, (laughs) moment here. Uh, Look, as always, we're gonna we're gonna ask for your support. The five star reviews continue to come in. We appreciate that five star on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But if you could go subscribe to YouTube, Road to 30K, we're getting close, inching there. I know we said it for a while. Help us get over uh, over the hump there. And as I so eloquently advertised just a little bit ago, Discord few bucks a month get you 
real, real fun action uh, during the match and throughout the week. You'll never miss anything, I promise. So uh, let us go ahead. We will jump in to the match. Burnley this past Saturday, the 7th of October in the Premier League at Turf Moor. Burnley won Chelsea four in case you missed it. Uh, Chelsea going down early with Odebert in the 15th minute. Uh, but then we had Aldakiel getting the own goal right before half, level at the break. Cole Palmer getting the pen in the 50th minute. Sterling in the 65th and Jackson 74th. A lot to unpack, so we'll go ahead and let the fifth stand do the business on the highlights. If you haven't, download the, the fifth stand highlights. It's the uh, only app from Chelsea FC, so thank you to the club for letting us use it. We'll be right back. Palmer's found Sterling here. That's worth a hit. Lovely curler. And Trafford was worried enough that he put in the full-on dive. Big layoff from Trezor. Vitinho playing it forward here for Lyle Foster, who's gone inside Dizassi. Thiago Silva couldn't touch him. Oliver! Burnley won Chelsea nil. He's looked bright. That is a very good counter-attack. Into Fernandez. Was that a foul? I think referee would have blown, but there could be an advantage here. Sterling. Well done, Sterling. But couldn't squeeze it in from that angle. Sterling. Confident. Oh, goal! 1-1. Aldakil. Deflecting it into his own net. Sterling. There's that run again. Oh, hello. Inside or out. Penalty. Palmer for 2-1 against Trafford. Nicely done. He beats his England under-21 colleague. Welcome to Chelsea, Cole Palmer. Good challenge by Caicedo and options here for Gallagher. Raheem Sterling for 3-1. Can he finish? You bet he can. He's made two and he scored the third. Daylight for Chelsea. Palmer here to really wrap it up. Jackson, nicely done. That will do. Just gets better and better for Nico Jackson and for Chelsea. All right, coming out of that one, Dan, lineup time. Walk us through it. I think it was, it was Bobbert Sanchez. I don't know if it was the full Bob or the full Rob. So he's getting a little bit of a middle just name a, there. Just a new, a new name every week for this guy. Like, good Lord. Yeah, we got Marco Correa, Axel Di Sassi, Thiago Silva, and Levi Colwell as your back four. It was Connor Gallagher captaining the side once again with Moises Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez as your midfield. Cole Palmer, Raheem Sterling, and Armando Broya started it. But look, that wasn't how it ended because there were many a substitute in this match. Ian Monson came in very late in the 86th minute. There was Mikhailo Mudrik in the 83rd. And then getting a full half was Nico Jackson. So... Look, got some subs. Got you know, you got to see both Armando and Jackson because people are wondering, would I see them both? You got to. Ponch made both? sure he delivered. Why not both? 
All right. Well, some of the top line statistics from this one, I'll circle back to uh, positioning here. Uh, 1.86 XG to their 0.76, which is good that we not only won the XG, we won the match. Uh, we had 62% possession. We had nine shots, five on target. They actually outshot us with 10 shots, but only three on target. And I put out a tweet, essentially in the entire second half, they only had one shot on target, but they had like five or six. They were just wailing them from everywhere. I'm sorry, they only had one shot inside the box in the second half. So they were uh, taking whatever they could get. Uh, three corner kicks to their seven, uh, eight fouls to their 11, but we had four cautions to their two. What a surprise. Uh, after that, we had three big chances. We missed how many of them, Dan? Zero. We missed Damn none. Right. Damn Three right. big chances converted. That, there's a first like for that? everything. First for everything. Don't you like me that on everything this episode? <laughs> big chances won. Big chances missed one for Burnley. Anyways, uh, that's how it ended up being. And Dan cut off the goalkeeper stats, it looks like. Oh, no, here we go. Uh, two saves a piece. Just getting killed over here, this wow. poor guy. I'm, I'm just getting back to the mud. What it's is bad. This? You weren't you weren't at the game, so we, we have to take it. And then you included one random stat from Adopt to Joe. 21, aged 21 years, 154 days. Cole Palmer is the second youngest player ever to score a penalty for Chelsea in the Premier League after one Brazilian Oscar against Aston Villa in December 2012. He was 21 years old and 105 days. Responsibility. Nick. How surprised or not surprised were you when Cole Palmer ended up being the penalty taker? Um, I was surprised. I think he does take them for for England, the the young lions. So so maybe I shouldn't have been. But um, you know, you have Raheem Sterling out there. Uh, you have Enzo, although I know Enzo missed against West Ham. Uh, you have you know players who maybe have a little bit more experience than uh, than one. Uh, you know, one Cole Palmer, but the penalty was true. I mean, it was a thing of beauty, low, powerful, uh, goalkeeper dives the wrong way. And at the end of the day, like whoever's going to put him in the back of the net is the person I want taking him. He, he got screwed over because the VAR took so long and he was just like hanging out on the spot for, felt like ages. And then the referee referee was actually so slow walking over to signal that it was a penalty. I felt like he was there for like 10 minutes, but I think he did an incredible job. And, you know, again, it's just got a couple of young goal scorers here, you know, over the last couple of matches between him and Mudrick and Broya, maybe getting a little bit of the angst off of their the performances, getting the goal. It's going to be interesting to see what that does for, for these young guys who are maybe starting to feel the success for a little bit. Uh, Dan, a little bit of twist on that penalty. I don't think a lot of people picked it up, but James Trafford, guess what academy he came from? <clears throat> oh, gosh. I'm guessing it's Man, Man City. Correct. So a little bit of... Uh a little bit of a deep cut on that one because I'm sure him and Palmer have uh, taken many a pens against each other in training. And I think when they zoomed in on Trafford, he was smirking. He was like, yep, I know what you do, Coley. Let's go. I'm on it. Obviously, he didn't. But I was like, oh, I wonder if Palmer's in his head a little bit about this one. No no questions about it. Absolutely buried it. But uh, that one was could have been a little bit more interesting. I highly doubt they talked about that ahead of time. Um, but maybe you never know. Sometimes do, a little bit of mind games. I do think when Reese comes back into the team, assuming that he is healthy this year again, that like if, if there was anyone in our team that I'd want to take a penalty, it'd be him. 
Because of the power? They're net breakers, man. And from that distance, too, I mean, imagine you're a goalkeeper that saves it or or it comes off of your chest or neck or something. As you're trying to save it? Yeah, no, I think Reese would be my pick. Cole did great, though. Yeah. He stepped up. Like I said, young guy. Hasn't had a lot of minutes this season and found a way to uh, to level up. And it was a very, very important time to get that. So we'll break down more of it a lot. Uh, obviously, no en- uh, Envy shithouse moment of the match and pet shithouse moment yeah, of the match. I, I, don't, I don't remember one. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, Nick, you're a moron and there was a really great shithouse moment of the match, please let me know. I, I didn't like... There was nothing that stood out in my brain from this one that was like, oh, that has to be it. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll definitely go ahead and take a moment to dive into it a little bit deeper because there's a lot in here. A lot of good stuff, which is exciting. So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. And guess what? We're going to be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce NordVPN. If you're bored of U.S. streaming services, why not take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and at the click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes you a messier computer, which is obviously great. Don't forget, there is literally no risk with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund, and you can pretend like the entire situation never even happened. You, you know the, the deal here, Chelsea's whole last season. Check out my link at nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, like the name of the podcast, to get your subscription started today. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. With a busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for a jam-packed day. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up for fast breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. Look, you can relish the best of autumn with fall flavors. Fall is my favorite, my favorite season, and I even love the flavors that come with it. Uh, For a limited time only, you can enjoy some hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry, pecan chicken, apple Dijon pork chops ready in just two minutes. It'll satisfy you your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Uh, You can even level up with the Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Look, if you want to save 50% off this October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. All you have to do is choose your meals, enjoy the fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in how many minutes? Two and no mess. So head to factormeals.com forward slash London is blue 
Use code LONDONISBLUE50 to get 50% off. That's code LONDONISBLUE50 at factormeals.com forward slash LONDONISBLUE50 to get that discount. You'll enjoy it. I did. They're delicious. You won't go wrong. Check it out. All right, real quick, uh, Nick, Blue Royalty is off and running. So much content coming out from uh, the crew over there. Uh, the women's season well underway. Just played Man City this weekend. Nailbiter, as I saw. Scrappy draw. Yeah, real scrappy draw, unfortunately. Um, I was a little hungover from the October festival celebrations to get up at 630 to watch that one. But you were quite in the in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, it was a little quiet. Yep. Yep. A little quiet indeed. Um, yeah, but uh, Jesse Abdullah and Ollie uh, cover that one. So that'll be on the main feed on Tuesday, but it'll be on the Blue Royalty feed while you're listening to this as well. So go pick that up. They're doing a great job. The, the women's team is so much fun to cover and uh, mostly positive things to cover. So head on over there. Subscribe. You got to you gotta paint that a little bit more positively because that's more points, one, than we took away last season when we went to uh, the, the the mini hod, I think, as some people will call it, because it's a tinier ground. Um, yeah. that's, that's a positive. One more point that we would have picked up last season. So go celebrate that. Hashtag girl gang. Let's go. And shout out, Dan, you and uh, Sam, CFC Central, are doing these preview pods, which are popping. You guys are going way in depth. And how many look, predictions were right this time? <laughs> look, I'm not going to say they were all right. They weren't. You know, many people are saying that a lot <laughs> of the predictions came true. <laughs> They're saying it's some of the best predictions that have been made on a podcast about Chelsea are the ones that Sam and I are making on those episodes. So much time trying to predict who was going to start at Striker, and it was not the one that you picked. <laughs> Frankly, I was on your side on that one. But when I saw the lineup come through, I was like, oh, poor Sam. Just never had a prayer, unfortunately. Well, we, we are we are coming up with some really good content, though, for over the international break. So stay tuned. There's going to be more you know, maybe about the center forward role and what we should expect. Maybe about one Connor Gallagher and how he's continuing to prove people wrong. But we'll get into stuff like that in this episode, too. All right. Well, uh, for the first section here, we've got lemonade, not lemons. Uh, it is a great feeling to have. Some may even say a sweet feeling. It was the first match where Chelsea scored four or more goals in a Premier League match or any competitive fixture since the 6-0 drubbing over Southampton in 2022. It's been a while. And so yeah. the funny thing about this, Nick, is in the first half, when we looked abysmal, awful, even yes. Mr. Optimistic myself was like, yo, this sucks. <laughs> this is bad. I said, unless we break every standard that we have set for ourselves this season, we're not getting back into this. I was like, we're going to have to find new levels of clinicality that have never been reached <laughs> with this team to, to do something spectacular. And that has ended up what happened thanks really to one man backpacking the team all day yeah i mean the, the first half was just dire in a lot of ways it was slow it was mistake riddled it, it felt like chelsea had no momentum going into this game and that shouldn't have been the case when we when we had won a couple on the trot and burnley looked like they were gonna start and it was like probably the 30th minute or so where chelsea finally started to play some some football uh, obviously, Raheem Sterling being the star boy on the day, uh, he was the only good uh, part of that first half for me personally. I thought that, you know, he was at least trying 
to get in behind. He was at least trying to dribble, although his dribbling is um, at least something to be desired at times for sure. Uh, and, you know, look, fair play to him. We don't see it consistently enough, but he legitimately uh, did put the team on his shoulders and willed us to an equalizer in the first half. Of course, we're, we're very fortunate for that deflection. Uh, but, you know, you go into halftime, Dan, at 1-1, feeling like you stole one a little bit. <laughs> and that, you know, sure. I, I, I think the response that you saw after halftime was complete and utter domination. Yeah, this is Sterling, particularly on the left wing versus playing on the right, definitely has a bit of a different feel a different vibe a different form of execution that i think was really enjoyable i also think the change to playing with jackson up top versus broya helped immensely when we look at the way that he was able to create space in in the second half i mean he now which is this is another crazy stat from Satman dave is that he's had 12 goals scored for chelsea and he is now the leading scorer in this side he scored more goals for Chelsea than any other player in this team, which you would have expected him to be in that list or in that conversation based upon the goal-scoring pedigree he has shown in his professional career. And so I think the first attempt, which ended up into the own goal, was nice and very lucky. The goal he was able to convert off of Gallagher's assist was fantastic. And I think what we've seen, Brandon, is when Sterling just gets in motion, is able to take a shot, isn't pressed to maybe overthink the situation or being given too many options, that he can execute at this level. It's decision-making. He finally made the right decisions. And obviously he's bailed out once by Burnley. How many times in the last 14 months have we seen Raheem get into brilliant positions but make the wrong decision. One too many touches, makes the wrong pass, um, shoots when he's closed down. And so I think today we got to see Raheem that made good decisions, and that was the big difference. To me, Raheem has been getting into these positions all season, and even at the end of last season. I, you guys remember when we played Dortmund? How many breakaways did he have that, that, that night, right? Like, And didn't finish. I am glad that he made good decisions on the night, and it paid off massively for him. I'm thrilled for him, super excited for him. I want to see more of him. And this is the Raheem Sterling we wanted to see when we signed him for Manchester City. If you look at a couple of stats, there are things that he is doing. So he is only behind Enzo in shot creating actions for the team, which would mean at 30 versus 33. He's second because of this in shot creating actions per 90. He has the most take-ons that lead to a shot in the side. Like he in general has created three goal creating actions versus which puts him at the highest per 90 of this uh or one of the highest per 90 at this side. Like this is Brandon, to what you're talking about, like the types of things that we've been waiting to see for him at a consistent level. And also speaks to the fact that like not all of it has come off because just because it's a shot creating action doesn't mean it's a goal creating action. <laughs> not with this team. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you're 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 putting the 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 bow on top of the present that he gave us as fans, right? And um it was as big of a day as it could have been for him. Nick, without him though, I mean, there was nothing. So it's like thank 
God, we had Raheem. You know, he was sick midweek, missed the match, and it clearly he fully recovered and didn't miss a beat from how he was uh, before the international break. I, you know, I, I think I think Poch kind of summed this up in his in his post game presser too, which is like, this is kind of what he's paid to do, guys. Like this is this is who he should be for this team. You know, he should be the unequivocal offensive production leader because that's what he's getting paid three hundred fifty thousand a week to do. Right. I know it's incredibly hard. Putting the ball in the back of the net is the hardest thing that we we have to do in this game. And by we, I mean Chelsea, obviously. Um, but, you know, this is what you you bought and, and what you hope you paid for is this sort of, uh, I think, character. Like he's obviously a high character guy. He is, I think, third or fourth in line for the captaincy for England. Uh, he's a guy who's been through a lot in his career and has produced a lot in his career. Um and so, you know, I think one of the the key things that Poch has to do is figure out how to get these sorts of performances out of him consistently, right? Um, now, there's still some acclimation that needs to happen between him and the other forwards in the team, but you started to see relationships build, even with Broya in the first half, where, you know, they maybe were a little disconnected, but he was, you know, I think kind of guiding the rest of them through, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I truly hope we, we've seen a couple of false starts with him at Chelsea where he will have a really good game and then go off the boil for a couple of weeks. I truly, truly hope that this is the start of him having a 15 or 20 goal sort of output for Chelsea handful of assists in there. Some of his passing, uh, yesterday was, was way better than the goal contribution to me. Like some of his final third passing was just on the perfect spot and, you know that to me is is what he's paid for. So let's let's hope it's a a big crystallizing moment because God, we need it in the offensive third. Oof. Well, thank you, Raheem Shaquille Sterling, for uh, the work in this match. Uh, Connor Gallagher continues to thrive, as we call it. Another player who is uh, doing positive things. Dan, you've got my man's heat map here, and uh, quadrilateral is what I see. All right, literally wing to wing, box to box. That is where Connor Gallagher played yesterday. It is double that of Moises Casado. It is probably at least a third bigger than Moise, than Enzo Fernandez's. It is just impressive. All of the it's funny on these on these maps they have circles and triangles and diamonds and different colors because all of those things mean a different action. His is lit up like a Christmas tree because again he's. Offense, defense, transition, just involved absolutely everywhere. Um, what have you made of Connor Gallagher? I know you watched the highlights back a little bit quieter. No, I watched the full match. What are you talking about? This this is two like times speed. One and a half, but you know that's just because you know the commentary is not super awesome at times. But you missed look, nothing in the department. Look, his name isn't Enzo, his name isn't Caicedo, but Connor Gallagher absolutely continues to shine, continues to thrive, continues to find value. I think Pochettino is finding value in what Connor Gallagher is doing on the pitch for Chelsea. You need a clearance, he's there. You need a block, he's there. You need a turnover to push the attack forward, he's there. You need a delicious pass that's served right up to Raheem Sterling where all he has to do is kick it in. He's got that too. Like, his... Locker is filled with all of these things that you would want. And I get it, right? Like, I don't want to even indulge in the fact that there's just people who don't see it. 
I think at this point, if you don't see it, you're choosing to close your eyes, put your fingers in your ears and do the like, la, 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 not paying attention to how involved he is within the setup, within the system, and how balanced he helps make the midfield combination, Nick, of Enzo, Caicedo, and Gallagher. It, it is such a great grouping of individuals, and they're all helping each other. Like, he is the generalist who lets the specialist really thrive. Well, allow me to help paint a picture, maybe in, in better comparison uh, for folks who are not yet believers in the Conor Gallagher uh, movement Supremacy? at Chelsea. Yes. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, there's a little ways to go here, but a uh, quick heat map comparison to Declan Rice, a player that everyone knows that I am incredibly fond of and love a ton because I think he's a phenomenal footballer. Uh, just a handful of stats here. N- no big deal. Uh, Declan has about 92% pass completion. Conagher's at about 88. Okay, so a little bit less. Tackles. You'd probably guess that Declan Rice was a, a much better tackler, right? Uh, Connor almost two X's him in tackles, 3.8 to 2.5. Uh, headers one, it's not even close. Declan's the, the much taller player. Connor's winning 67% of his headers to Declan's 40%. Uh, let's see, through balls, another key statistic for midfielders, just kind of picking some out here. Uh, Connor has more with 0.27 than Declan's 0.12. Uh, the, the heat map is basically a lot of blue. Uh, Declan is the better progressive carrier of the ball, uh, and he legitimately, I think, fouls more than Connor by a pretty significant you know, margin. Well, no, or those Con- are, Connor uh, fouls more, yeah. yet. But, like, these are... I think if you would have looked at the 110 million pound Declan Rice signing for Arsenal, which I did with great despair, and you look at what Connor Gallagher's doing, uh, he's basically level on interceptions. He's level on successful dribbles, like all this sort of stuff. He's a really, really good player, and he has more key passes in every game. So does that help everyone so far? I'll poke the bear on this a little bit of saying he is for all intents and purposes playing as the attacking mid in this four, three, three. Do we agree with that? I, yeah, I think he's an eight and Declan's also playing as an eight. Declan's not playing the holder for Arsenal. Okay. Um, and, and that's good. Cause when you look at obviously his heat map, I mean, Connor mainly on the right, but we saw it's everywhere. The only it's like, he's not playing a 10. He isn't a 10. That's the only thing that's like goofy about this. He's not going to play the killer pass. Is he getting the late runs in the box? No, but he's literally doing everything else. And with Enzo and Casado there, I'm just still trying to figure out how we maximize him because he is a generalist in that sense of he does it all. I just think he would be better if he could clean up around an Nkunku but you're you can't bench one of Casado or Fernandez when Nkunku comes back, Nick. I'm just concerned of like. What happens to Connor? I'm not. I'm not concerned at all, actually. In fact, like, Enzo's been off for the last three games. Like, if you're looking at objective performances, Enzo's been nowhere good enough the last handful of games. And we've won them, so it's not a big deal. But he looks gassed already this season. He he struggled through this game um, and just looked way off the pace. I don't know if it's fitness issue. I don't know if it's confusion or whatever, but... Connor's outplayed him for a number of weeks now. And if they're both eights, it's a, it's an app comparison. Obviously, Enzo 
I don't think anyone would argue is the more talented, gifted player. But he, Connor Gallagher is playing out of his skin right now. And like there were moments in this game. These are the, the little things that if you watch, you pick up on where Kukurea would get out of position, which is something Kukurea does. And ends, or and then Connor would would track all the way back and play his right back, right? Look at his fucking, and that's what the heat map says, right? That's not just me saying that. Uh, there's also when he goes up to press, it's a real press. It's not a fake press. Enzo can't press, right? So when he's actually up there pressing, he changes the dynamic of the way that the attack works. And we, you know, I don't know if it's a mystery to you guys, but when when he started pressing and the rest of the team went with him. We started turning the ball over in their half and having more fun in their attacking third. Like, I think at some point you have to watch Connor Gallagher with a lens of objectivity, not because he's Mr. Chelsea, not because he's been a Chelsea fan since he was a boy, not just because he came through the academy. You have to look at him as a good footballer, which he is. And, and like, here, the last question I would have for you on, on Gallagher, which I'm not saying he's like the second coming of anybody, right? I'm not even saying you know, whatever, like he's the best player in the team. I'm just saying, do you believe truly at this point in the season when Maurizio Pazzuccino is, is figuring out how to work this team, do you think it's a mystery that he's played every game? Do you think it's an accident? I, mean, I don't. He's also wearing the captain's armband. It's more than just playing at this point, right? But like he has the trust. and the, like Yeah. So this is interesting. Like just final comparison, and Dan, you can choose to take this or not. It is just really interesting the differences in these guys. Connor with 63 touches, Enzo with 105. Connor with 34 of 36 passing for 94%, which you said. Enzo 81 for 87 at 93%. Now there's a lot of stuff on here that you know they don't do, like to your point, uh ground duels, Enzo six of nine. Connor seven to thirteen, but like interceptions, tackles, and those things, like Enzo's nowhere to be seen on on those stat lines. But again, Dan, like Enzo is aggressively involved every single time you have sure. possession. The final whatever isn't there, which to me, and I think Nick is saying the same. All of the other stuff that Connor does accumulates into a better performance. It's just it's the intangible element. Right. It's trying to quantify the impact. And it's hard if you're trying to distill it all in the stats. Like this is the overlap, the Venn overlap between Nick Verlaney's eye test and the stats we get from FB ref or Sofa Score or wherever you get them. Is that Connor Gallagher lives in that center where if you pay attention to the stats, you pay attention to the eye test, you you might need to squint if you're trying to be, you know, feel like you got to have a, have a grudge maybe against Connor. But if you squint long enough, I guarantee you're going to see how he's being, how he's benefiting the side with his presence there. And look, I mean, Enzo's a whole different type of player. The offense does go through him, obviously, because he has the, the wand of a left foot. But a midfielder is expected to do more than just pass the ball forward, especially in this system. Like, I think we've seen what, Maurizio wants our midfield to do, right? Caicedo's obviously the ball winner in the midfield, but Connor's doing some of that work too, right? And Connor's press is is not something to be joked about. Dude is fit. He's flying around. He's flying into tackles. He's winning headers. He's doing shit that matters. And I, I think the the slander I've seen online is just wild. If you're if you're watching these games, I don't know how you can't thoroughly enjoy watching him play. 
right. Um, the only thing I'd question is his choice in dogs, but let's be honest, he didn't choose that dog. So, anyways, we'll we'll let that slide. <laughs> let's go ahead it's and a, take a break. It's a big fluffy dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, Dan, or should we move? Now we should get ready to talk about Cold World Palmer in a few seconds. All right. Well, thank you to the sponsors uh, for supporting the show financially, and we'll be right back. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. One of the things I love about Indeed is that they make hiring all in one place. It's easy because, well, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. When you get one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with a quality candidate, it makes it go faster. And when you're looking to hire, the quicker you get the right person in the role, the better. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com forward slash blue wire sports. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com forward slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. All right. As Dan uh, teased out there, we've got uh, part two on the good players playing good. Cole World Palmer. What do you want to say about him, Dan? Man, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get to the Jason Cundy quote just yet, but man, oh man, Cole Palmer is a really fun player to watch. I think he was probably, maybe next to Lavia, I think the signing that had the most question marks from supporters, from journalists, from the footballing community questioning why are Chelsea paying this much money for this player, younger, unproven. I mean, when you think about the amount of games that Cole Palmer had played in the actual Premier League, like, it was not a lot. It was, you know, 370 minutes in one season, 123 minutes in another, six, 18 total appearances, three total starts. Like, it was not a lot of time that he has spent playing professional football or, you know, at least uh, Premier League level football for Manchester City before this season. And he is proving that any of us who maybe question this, that we're starting to see what he can do on a consistent run. I mean, uh, Paul Mearson really liked his penalty, really liked his penalty, Nick. And Go on, Merce. Come on, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had just great awareness when he's in the box, very comfortable. It feels like the game is maybe just a little slower for him at times. Like, he has the ability to give himself that extra moment, whether it's the way that he kind of thinks or tricks somebody into thinking he's going to go forward, stops, resets, finds the right pass. Like, just... The, the football IQ, the, the acumen, I, I, it's all great, Nick. I, I, I think I'm running out of positive things to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this was a phenomenal performance from him, to, just to be candid. Like, I think, I think the first half was, was really, really tough for him. He looked off the pace in, uh, in a lot of the pass to play. Second half, though, was a whole different deal. I think that penalty gave him, you know, a little bit of a, a boost, and then just rewatch that pass that he makes to Nico for the, for the last goal in slow-mo time stopped for him. Like he had the ball shifted. He knew exactly, knew exactly where he was going to put it. Pardon me. And the ball is perfect. Right. To Nico in a very tight window. 
And it's like, it's not hard to see why he's playing on that side right now. I mean, the, the some of the movement is great, but his passing accuracy is ridiculous. And he had a couple of in-swingers on his left foot from that right side, which, you know, I think is a really hard ball to defend that if you get one head on that thing, it's a goal. Um, I, again, I don't think this was his best performance in a Chelsea shirt, but, you know, the fact that he got a goal, the fact that he got an assist uh, tells you that there's a big future for this kid. And, you know, it's just all about kind of developing uh, some of those uh, faster starts uh, in games because, you can't. You really can't argue with the output at the end of the day. But you know, I think it was just a little slow. He uh, comparison had fifty six touches and eighty one percent of the accurate passes, thirty for thirty seven. He had two key passes. Didn't connect on either of his crosses, which is interesting. That that's the stat they're going with. Uh, long balls, though, he was four for six with a big chance created. That's what Cole Palmer is good at. You want to know what he's not good at? Ground duels won, 0 for 8. Possession loss, 17. Uh, dribbled pass once, but what I'd say, especially about the, the possession loss, 17, that's a lot. What Cole Palmer is expected to do is create things. He is in a place where he needs to take people on one-on-one. He needs to be able to create something out of nothing, do things in tight spaces, and I do think that's what we got, right? The majority of his heat map was just on the other side of uh, the, the halfway line and their attacking half, and so he, that shows me he was not like up the line in space. Raheem's heat map is completely different. Cole Palmer had to track back, come get the ball from Cucurella. He had to defend more than Raheem Sterling did. For whatever reason this day, uh, Cole was asked to do a lot more than just attack, and I think that that was a big part of it. Um, But again, stepped up, got the goal, got the assist, uh, a really good day. I think we're starting to really get excited about this uh, young player that kind of came in a little bit of a surprise, which, uh, which has been great. It just shows the scouting department, 40 million, whatever, bit of a bargain if we can continue uh, on this thing as well. Uh, quick clickbait, is Palmer an upgrade on Kai Havertz? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. You, you, got, you got to take it from where it's from because Jason Cundy was the one who said, quote, Cole Palmer is turning out to be the player we hoped Kai Havertz would be. He looks a class act, end quote. Isn't that tough? Like, Kai scored the Champions League winning goal. Like, he's always got that as a Chelsea fan. Are are we okay that he left? Yes. Are we excited about Cole Palmer? Yes. But that's just being a fan or a supporter, right? You quickly forget those who have left to go to new pastures, and you quickly embrace to the ones that are in your side of the field. I mean, Nick, I have not seen you hesitate that hard in a while. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, we're what five games in? I can't. You know, is it possible that we could all just chill out about this guy and just let him develop? I, I mean, I look boring. He, he, <laughs> yeah, it does. I also don't think they're the same exact kind of player. It's like a hard comparison, right? I mean, Kai's more of a second striker. Or a, they say he's an eight. I just he doesn't. <laughs> he's not an eight. I just uh, the whole thing always bothered me. But like. I, Palmer's a winger. He's a creative attacking midfielder. He has a ton of dribbling ability. He clearly knows how to use his body to shield the ball. He knows how to retain the ball in difficult circumstances. He knows how to take on players. I think 
as as it always seems to be, the the players that maybe don't cost as much or go under the radar can oftentimes be some of Chelsea's best signings that they've ever made. And I'm not saying he's even going to be that, but it could be one of those scenarios where we spent all this money on attackers, spent $100 million on Lukaku and all this sort of stuff. And just under the radar, kind of near deadline day, Dan, he could come in and potentially you know, help this team figure out what's been ailing us in the final third, which would be a miracle. Well, so let's just say that Cole Palmer only has six match appearances and three starts for Chelsea at a total of 360 minutes across all competitions. Kai Havertz had 137, uh, 100 of them were starts, 8,800, almost 9,000 minutes, total 44 goal and assist contributions. Uh, Cole Palmer currently with his three, one goal and two assists, uh, has point six, you know, basically 6.87% of Kai's total volume. So I guess I would monitor this. We'll keep an eye on this. We'll be very dialed in to the does Cole Palmer exceed Kai Havertz's contribution in less time wash? Because if he does, then we, we definitely have a much better player. All right, well, let's real quick touch on Action Jackson. Uh, I want to kick this off with a huge um, editor's note, maybe. I don't blame Broya for the first half. Everything was so bad that I think that he was very much unfortunate that that was the dog shit he had to play with. But, but... Jackson's mobility and pressing in the second half worked. So we got to see Broy in the midweek, did well, scored the week before. I think I just think we he still needs more time, but Jackson was a great spark to come in off the second half, ran his socks off, yeah. uh, got involved. Um, did he get cautioned? Did I miss that? Uh, I don't. He think did so. it. It would be, be par hey! for the course, but he did not. Uh, Congratulations! I mean, you're, you're missing the big point in that they're both scoring, which is good. Like we need both of them to score. Uh, you know, obviously, you know Jackson, big emotional goal against Brighton. You know, in the League Cup. You know, banned because of his silliness and getting yellow cards, uh, fastest yellow card accumulation in history, probably. Uh, for that suspension. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Broya getting that goal uh, against Fulham was a catalyst to us winning that game. I mean, how many games haven't we put put the, you know, kind of nail in the coffin and let teams back in and stuff like that? I, I'm happy for both these guys, honestly. Like, we need conversions. We need shot conversions. We need goals. And, you know, Jackson's goal was a thing of beauty. I mean, the way he manipulated... Uh, a Burnley defender and their goalkeeper to slot that thing home thing of beauty probably should have had another one. I think that's the frustrating part is he missed the easier of the two chances. I think Dan, um, where he just didn't put his foot on it, got stuck underneath him and that sort of thing. But overall, very, very pleased for both of them. We've been crying out for striker competition for a very long time. And so again, to the point you made absolute positive, Broya and Jackson both finding the back of the net. And long may it continue. Long may we have 
a question mark over who should be starting each game because that is a good thing for Pochettino. It's a good thing for Chelsea. It's a good thing for each one of these players to have the other getting one another psyched up, hyped up, and challenging each other to be the better player. So like, ultimately, this is extremely positive. The confidence and the comfort in the box to say, hey, no, I'm going to... I'm going to find my spot. I don't like where I'm at. I'm going to find my spot. There have been a couple times where he's rushed his shot. This is all about acclimatizing himself to the Premier League, and we knew there was going to be a period of becoming comfortable, right? Like we saw the elements of the that led to the yellow cards, right? Learning about the league, learning about the way it's officiated, the things that are going to fly in La Liga that don't fly in the Premier League. Those You'd argue some things actually are better nowadays in La Liga than the Premier League. So very, very interesting times here. But in general, Brandon, like this is, this is the trajectory we want to see for Jackson. All right. Um, yes, this is, this is where we want to go. He needs to build on performances. His heat map is hilarious. He actually has more spots in the defensive half, even two in our own box, because the guy was willing to do whatever it took to, to get the result, which I, I really enjoy and respect uh, from that, that instance. Uh, anything else before we move on to Caicedo, Nick? Um, no, I mean, I, I think, again, take these goals as, as they are. You know, I, I think... It's a difficult thing. Obviously, scoring against Brighton is much more difficult than scoring against Burnley for Jackson. The defense is good enough. If we just put a couple of shots in the net every game, we're going to win a lot of matches this year. If we can't, you know what that looks like, too. So the importance of, of the shot conversion cannot be overstated. It could literally mean you know, life or death as it, be, you know, as it pertains to that maybe fifth Champions League spot that's coming to England this year. Um for for that so you know again you start to convert at a higher rate you start to get this young team on a roll confident scoring goals it could make or break your season like legitimately can i throw one additional random stat in here a little late to the party so on 10 goals compared to the 38 we had all in the entirety of the premier league season we are currently at 26 percent of the total volume of goals (laughs) that we scored all of last premier league season this is phenomenal. This is great. That's wild. Uh, and just reminds me about what all went wrong last season. Hey, real quick on Moises Caicedo. Uh, if you want to see a great heat map, go for it. Um, he was uh, really the glue. 78 of 81 passes at 96%. He had two key passes from deep. Five of six long balls completed uh, and even dribbled one or completed one of his two dribbles. Uh, three for four ground duels, one and one for one aerial duel one as well um simple neat tidy nick i mean did a job didn't overextend himself yeah the the value that you're going to see in caicedo over the over this upcoming stretch of games that we're going to cover is going to be magnificent this dude is really rounding into form again the whole team was shit in the first half so take that as it is his second half performance he was everywhere i mean interceptions playing the ball forward like Obviously, he's he spurred on the Gallagher assist to Raheem Sterling. He wins the ball back in midfield, slots into Gallagher. Gallagher slots into Sterling. Bam! So hockey assist for for Caicedo there. When we start playing these really good teams, um, and, and are trying to take points and, and climb our way up the table, you're gonna see you know Dan of the match performances from Moises Caicedo, and it's gonna feel very good. He he's gonna be very critical 
to what happens against Arsenal to what happens against Spurs. Like there's there's a lot that he's going to be a- accountable for, hopefully, in terms of the success we have against those. Just, again, hoping to anyone who listens that international break does not mess up Chelsea's rhythm and flow that we are trying to build here. It always just seems to be that someone picks up a knock, gets a little bit of an injury, comes back late. We know that those playing potentially in South America having to come back, whether it's Thiago Silva or now Moises Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, that like that is just, you know, longer journey for some of the other players. Like this is going to be the big thing is can we just skate through international break, not have a lot of drama and get back? Because that first game back is against Arsenal. Then it's Brentford and then it's Spurs. Like it is a very quick turn for all those, particularly the Brentford and Spurs one, where it's the 28th of October, Saturday, and then the Monday, the 7th of November for the Spurs match. With EFL versus Blackburn in between. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, well, uh, good news with Dan in the match. It's a win, so we're in. Uh, what did you outsource this to? Look, Ishan, uh, who uh, does the socials for us, uh, he put Moises Caicedo in there. Nick was talking about man of the match performances, Dan of the match performances. He got 12.5% of the vote. He had Cole Palmer, Cole World Palmer, got 11.1%. Other, with the comment in brackets, got no, 0.6. No Gallagher listed here? What? Someone said Sanchez, and I think they were trying to just see what you would, <laughs> what you would do, Nick, if they, they saw that vote. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. Not on that one. Raheem no Sterling, though. Wow. Raheem Sterling ran away with it. At 75.8%. No surprise from the wonderful listeners, viewers, and those engaging with us. You're a smart group of people. You figured yeah. it out. Yeah, look, I called for the tweet to be put out after the second one, right? I, I had tagged the account, and I said, send the tweet, Dan of the Match, Raheem Sterling. It was far, far too premature. Uh, but as the game went on, it only got deeper that that was the only shot. So we could have let it fly early if we wanted to. Uh, just to be cocky, but unfortunately, that's not where Chelsea are at this season. Uh, some of the other results from around the league, uh, Luton nil, Tottenham won, even with their red card. Thought they were going to drop the points, but uh, they found a way. Yeah, you really, you, you screwed up the the vibes fair. on that one. That was all yep. on you. Yep, that's fair. I was, uh, I, was, I was really hoping for a Spursy opening, and then it shut up right at the end. Uh, well, every- it's because we know some Spurs fans who went. So I feel like they probably were the individuals who made it a little bit of a lucky, lucky result. Everton three, Bournemouth nil. It's kind of a bad beating up on the bad. Uh, Fulham three, Sheffield United one. Uh, each team with an own goal, making it a bit of a weird one. Uh, Manchester United bullshit two, Brentford one, oh scoring in the ninety third and ninety seventh minute or some nonsense through Scott McTominay of all people. Just Harry Maguire had an assist. I mean, how, what are we doing? How is, that are you, the, is that the Brent, game plan? Brentford, will you capitulate like this for us in a couple of weeks, please? Like, p- absolute nonsense out of these guys. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest, nil-nil snooze fest. Brighton to Liverpool tool punch for punch on that one. Uh, essentially, Mohamed Salah with two back-to-back goals in essentially two minutes to, to keep their hopes alive. Uh, West Ham to Newcastle to a little bit. I mean, it was a good match between them. West Ham definitely uh, reaching up on that one. Newcastle, you know, I don't know. They're they're big, big week in Paris. But like, you know, the league, Nick, is not really there for them. But I think it is because they're distracted by all these shiny lights with the Champions League. 
Yeah, I mean they've had a they've had a pretty good run. Uh, West Ham are playing way above where they were last year, though. I mean West Ham's a tricky team. I don't I don't think that loss from earlier this season looks that bad uh, after we've seen them play. Kudus, player I love, playing really well. Yeah, got his goal. Uh, Wolves won, Villa won, red card on Wolves, but uh, Matt Laws, Aston Villa, not able to get it done. And then the final match of the weekend, Arsenal won, City nil. Boring. (sighs) Boring. Yeah, Um, shit game. Yeah, Arsenal nicking it at the end. Um, Big deflection off Ake's face uh, that sent it to them. But, I mean, look, City should have been ahead on that one. So, uh, we'll see. Anyways, table as it stands, Tottenham, you heard me. Tottenham are in first. Uh, technically, Arsenal, right? Wouldn't it go alphabetical order? Or is there some stupid tiebreaker? Uh, it's it's goals for, I think, Tottenham mm. and more, more goals for. All right. So uh, 20 points to Tottenham, 20 points to Arsenal, both on plus 10. Man City in third on 18 points. Liverpool in fourth on 17 points. Villa fifth, Brighton sixth, West Ham seventh, just as you'd write it up. Uh, Newcastle eight, United 10, Chelsea 11. We could have, should have been ahead of United, but it is what it is. Uh, Burnley in 18th, keeping them down is what we did. Uh, (laughs) They're on negative 13 goal difference. Bournemouth in 19th, also on negative 13 goal difference. And then Sheffield United, bottom of the table with one point, 16 goals to the negative for them. What else, guys? Everton is really thanking their stars that they live in a Premier League year where Sheffield, Bournemouth, and Burnley exist. <laughs> well, and Luton, too. Even I mean, Luton. Those, yeah, yeah. Those, those four teams are, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be there, thereabouts for the, for the year, I think. I mean, I Sheffield United is is cosmically bad. I mean, they are, I, they're, they'll, of course, play their best match of the year against us. <laughs> no doubt about it. It's a, it's a brutal one, but, like, yeah, they're, they're terrible to watch, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bournemouth aren't uh, much better on that one. What I would say is Brentford really missing Ivan Tony, obviously, uh, but also Raya seems like they're just you know nowhere near the team that they have in the last couple of seasons. Wolves very yo-yo. We will see. Forest they seem to be ahead of the curve from last season. You know, last season they were bottom from the beginning and couldn't figure it out. Obviously, they Play beat us. Andre Santos. No, bring him back. Fuck those guys. Yeah, bad, bad, bad. Anyways, uh, that's kind of the wrap-up and the roundup. It was a fun one, right? We got the good vibes early on the weekend. We got the good vibes at the pod to kick off your Monday. And a lot more coming this week in terms of content and everything else that you could possibly want. What else, Dan? What else do you want to tell the lovely people? I, I figured out what Nick's shithouse moment of the match should have been. Though it's oh. not in our match, so I feel like it's a bit of an asterisk. Olivier Giroud... Oh, going in yeah. to be the keeper. Yeah. Amazing. That is saving stellar. the game. Absolutely the shithouse moment of the match in any game this weekend. Love that man. I really do. I, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who just, uh, I never thought I was going to like a former Arsenal player like that. And uh, he just became so integral to Chelsea and has just, you want to talk about a storied career. That dude, unfucking believable. World Cup winner, France's all-time leading goal scorer, Champions League winner at Chelsea, FA Cup winner at Chelsea. Just a winner, pure and simple. I love Olivier Giroud. 
Yeah, would not mind him at all. Looked good in goal, dove at an attacker's feet, very brave, protected the bonnet, though, which is good as he he shielded himself away from getting kicked Man, in the he, face. He, you can't get the moneymaker no, fucked no, up. No, 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 no. no. Credit oh. to Milan. They added him on their website uh, to the roster of goalkeepers as well, so that was clever. <laughs> that. that's, that's good. All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap us up. We got a lot of content coming at you this week. I got Matt Law locked in, so he'll be joining me. Uh, we got Blue Royalty. What else we got this week? We got a bunch of good stuff. Uh, uh, we have the Blue Royalty October mailbag coming Thursday. We have the match review. And then it looks like uh, perhaps a little CFC Central this week as well, Dan. Yeah, stay tuned. Ooh, Topic TBD. All We're right. recording a bunch of stuff. Just the order is, is up for debate. Well, you know you can trust us at this point. Uh, share it with a friend. Bring more Chelsea fans into the fold. We'd appreciate it. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Connect with us on social media. Obviously, Discord is the easiest way to get a hold of us. But look, Chelsea fans, we're here lapping it up on a bit of a run. Uh, let's keep the good vibes going. So until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.